Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. And I'll be the NXT champion. That'll be fine. That's a good, it's a good book in that. They'll like that. They'll get, that'll get over. Right on that Uber now. Yuckety yuck, McMannequin. The British Bulldog is part of the new generation. You may all bow before And the World Wrestling Federation! Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review as the other Cultaholic lads reflect on an in-your-house pay-per-view with Ted DiBiase waiting in the wings. We are here via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean heading towards an in-your-house pay-per-view with Ted DiBiase waiting in the wings. Oh, that's weird. Who be we? I be Fake Jordy, radio presenter with that portfolio, former Cultaholic Heavyweight Champion, the advocate for Pablo, Tom Campbell. I'm with the bear in the big blue barcade. He is the head pen of Cultaholic, the man who does not require a pencil. He gets it right every time. His name is Justin Henry, and he is out of, off of the America. Well, the difference is instead of having Grimes versus Knight in 2021, we have a night that is full of crime. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Before we get into uh, 1995, let's talk 2021 in your house. I thought it was excellent. I thought it ticked well, so many boxes for us. I mean, I'm actually very concerned because you know everyone's been saying, you know, oh, 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 AW's turning into TNA because you know they're hiring all these people. I don't know, man. I watched a show where Killer Cross, the Rascals, and Eli Drake all came away as champions. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, man. And I see Johnny Impact on Raw, and you got AJ Styles on Raw. And I don't know. Like, remember last year on the one SmackDown where you had AJ Styles and the Abyss, like, oh, like yeah. talking crap about Jeff Hardy in front of an Orlando in an Orlando venue with no paying crowd. <laughs> they stole that from TNA. <laughs> oh my God. That's true. Oh, it's a it's, it's TNA clearly is, is it has more involvement in the fabric of wrestling than we probably give it credit for. Oh, absolutely. Dixie's winning. Dixie's, Dixie's winning every time, winning every single time. But I loved In Your House last night or mo- Monday night, just gone. I loved it. I thought the the same company that made that that garbage that was Smackdown Throwdown does this. Well, like, it's it's true to form. It is a gorgeous homage. It includes not just big pastiches that everyone would get, but little nudges and winks 
to those long-suffering people. Mate, you popped. I know you did. I heard you when Todd Pettengill uh, accidentally called Mackenzie Mitchell Stephanie Wyant. Uh, I don't know if Mackenzie should be offended or not. <laughs> and then Todd just just burying Stephanie Wyant. We had no chemistry anyway. <laughs> so harsh. Oh. So harsh. At, at least Todd has a sense of humor about it. He certainly does. I think to have that goatee, you have to. Um, but with and then oh, and there was the bit with karate fighters when him and Dexter Loomis playing karate, and also just like it's the little things like that video at the start, which had all the old um, stock music that they used for for the shows. That like, with 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 Todd Pettengill running down with the power of of, of little cliches and wordplay, what each match means. Oh, it was so good. They nailed it. So good. I will say, we we on the show make fun of Pettengill a lot for his sophomore humor, the way he laughs at his own dad puns, mm-hmm. for, being, for being a little overbearing at times. But I got to say, you compare him to the homogenized robots you see today yeah. that just spout jargon and, and they spout company-approved witticisms. Todd could actually have a personality. And, and I actually do appreciate, in hindsight, just seeing... like. He, he annoys me. Don't get me wrong. He, he still annoys me. <laughs> but like when Todd would do like a serious voiceover for something, he came off natural. He 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 got the exposition over what you needed to know. Like I'm, I, I realize there's probably a difference in philosophy then versus philosophy now. But like like I, I, I like I look at that and, I, and I'm I'm like, why can't you have that today? We just have someone that sounds like a human being. It's also it is like I say it's that homogenization that they've got at the moment, and I think with shows like this within your house, you can tell that the, the kind of the, the brakes are off a little bit, and it's a little bit more free, and it's a bit more, and it's and they embrace the the tongue in cheek nature of it, and oh, it was just great, it was just great, and it was actually really away from the aesthetic. It was a really solid wrestling show as well, like a moving. It wasn't just the aesthetic it was there was some great stuff in there as well there's a great main event and all that jazz but uh but todd was 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 a deep joy uh, as was the brief appearance of doc Hendricks in the voiceover booth <laughs> just a good night had by all wasn't it it was just a good night had by all uh, I've, I've actually heard mixed reviews for it because you know it's being compared to the takeovers of the past which i guess isn't fair mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I I thought it was it was excellent. I know there's a lot of people that have compared it to like Takeover Brooklyn, Takeover uh, New Orleans, and stuff like that. And and those are big takeovers to compare them to. This kind of feels. Do you know what? In, in a way, it's the greatest. It pays the greatest respect to it in your house, in the sense that it wasn't a massive pay per view. It was a shorter pay per view that kind of builds to a bigger one. So in a way, that, maybe that was an even greater tribute to in your house than anything else. That's another way of saying I was let down from my expectations because because now we're in the in your house era. <laughs> yeah, it's that. <laughs> Which if you're if you're if you're in the in your house era, you shouldn't have expectations in the first place. Which we are going to find out as we get into <laughs> Monday Night Raw in 1995. This is your first time mm-hmm. with us, Justin Henry, uh, our head pen over in America, was a, was a massive wrestling fan during this point, hanging on in there. Uh, I drifted off at this point as a fan. I become I was it was during the the lapsed era of of my life. So we're going through week by week and just absorbing these characters and this that are coming through in a really turbulent time for WWF, um, as proved in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter. And some of this 
we joke about how like, oh, it was an in your house on Sunday. Let's talk about an in your house in 95. Uh, some of this rings very true to what WWF is going through at the moment. Um, we've got company cutbacks this week in 1995. Major changes being made to the way that WWF does television. They're moving from, from taping three weeks at a time to four. The wrestling challenge is being dropped in the autumn and they're going to change up the action zone as a result of that because action zone always played clips from there. Uh, also, a major week-long house cleaning event has been taking place at WWF HQ. Some big key people within the promotion in the PR department and in the pay-per-view department have gone. Uh, big wigs like Steve uh, Plamenta, uh, Rex Lardner and Skip Desjardins. Now, these names may not mean much to fans of this day, but these are kind of comp- comparable to some of those behind big behind the scenes names that got let go just a few weeks ago aren't they i believe steve planamenta was the one who um he was sort of like the spokesman that had that had to spin things publicly for the company and in the early 90s he was a very busy man <laughs> just imagine having to spin all of this now the wwf hasn't released any statement about the cutbacks mm. um some say that these are happening because Titan have a, have a massive amount of legal bills and real estate costs that they're currently dealing with. And the downturn of the wrestling industry is just putting pressure on them to do that. Linda McMahon has sent out a business statement just the other day, just ahead of this episode of Raw, uh, stressing a need to constantly adapt to marketplace change. Talking about doing... <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Oh, they've sure as hell been doing that the last couple of years. They really have, haven't they? They they are so on the pulse. They have got their finger all on it. Uh, She talks about doing merchandising through online services, licensing and international television deals, exceeding projections. The first in your house exceeded internal projections, so they're very happy with that, but they've got to save some What were the projections? Uh, I think three people watching. I think it got five. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're over over the moon with that one. Uh, and, And here's the funny thing, right? So there's all these things going on, all these big changes going on. They've just bought a blimp. Yeah. Oh, and it's cost and it's cost them. How much was the blimp, do you reckon, Justin? How much do you reckon was the new WWF blimp? So with they own the blimp outright, obviously they have to because it has all the branding on it. Mm-hmm. Um six hundred thousand. Wow. I mean you, you I'm glad you didn't buy the blimp because they didn't spend that much, thankfully. Uh quarter okay. quarter of a million, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I mean I mean still for a company that's on its ass, they're still investing in a blimp, which is just, I mean well, which one? See, see that explains why they're promoting the blimp. Like, like go see the blimp when you're at a Red Sox game. I'm gonna watch the Red Sox game. <laughs> no, look at the blimp. <laughs> Ignore, move on, hitting a home run. They've just spent a lot of money on this. Uh, but of all the moving and the shaking within the industry this week, there is one person that is uh, leaving the business, and it brings a tear to my eye to tell you that the Furthermore era is at an end, Justin. Mm-hmm. as it was on Wednesday this week that President Jack Tunney resigned from the WWF. In the storyline world, that is. Well, it was this past Sunday, past Wednesday. Uh, Tunney and Billy Red Lions uh, are leaving the Toronto office. They're no longer affiliated no. with the WWF <laughs> and wanting to do more to aggressively promote and build other avenues of business, such as merchandising throughout Canada. So that big frontage... In that house in Canada is being ripped down. <laughs> WWE Toronto's closing. What a shame. Uh, well, well, they won the... At this point, I mean, I, I mean, Vince promotes everything himself anyway, so Tony was kind of just... 
it was a loyalty thing for years when they sold when they allowed Vince to buy out buy out Toronto and and and, and Jack Times made figurehead as a result. So now it's kind of just it's superfluous to have at this point. What a shame. Hey. But what what was your fa- what is a favorite Jack Tunney memory for you? Oh God, um, I gotta think now. It's gotta be the time that we didn't see this on as part of our watch alongs. But earlier in '95, he appeared in the commercial for WrestleMania 11. It's like all the celebrities are going to be saying Pamela Anderson, Nick Turturro, and and singing the national anthem, me. And they start singing, and they start singing, oh, and they cut them off. Oh, like, I, I didn't even know that until this year that that had happened. That's some person on Twitter. That's an amazing. I I wish we'd seen that when we were watching WrestleMania 11. I know he's a. What a treat! What a treat for me. I remember like before we did like, pre-watch along times when it was during the the nonsense between Hogan and Warrior and the WWF title and Jack Tunney coming out to sort of clear the air with it during the Rumble, I think it was. Um, mm. And it was the first time we kind of came close to getting a heel authority figure because he was booed quite heavily, Jack Tunney was. Well, he was... On the, you mean Jack on the take Tunney? On the take Tunney. But this is this, this is like the the early like the like they, they I won't say these are like the the seeds being planted because this would be a a plant that would grow and then die and it would be later where they'd re-sow the gra- re-sow the ground that we get plants that grow. But potentially nearly an early heel authority figure in Jack Tunney and we wish him well going forward. Uh, whilst things are rubbish in the Dub Dub F, things are looking quite exciting in WCW. They're getting ready for their first ever Monday night TV show. Get this, Justin. As of this Wrestling Observer, there was rumour circulating that the first show on the 4th of September could emanate from the Paramount in Madison Square Garden. I'm sure Bishop would have loved to do that. Oh, because he'd have just... He'd have been desperate to do that. I think he'd have struck any deal to get to do it at the Paramount and MSG. Just to stick it to Vince. Just a stick it to Vince. Bit of history this week as well. Lee Marshall and Mike Tanay both had tryouts on commentary. Well, one of them I could see getting hired, but how did Lee get a job? <laughs> With all due respect to the late Lee Marshall, who was the who did voice Tony the Tiger for many years in the Frostflix commercials. He certainly had did. that going for him. Yeah, I didn't realize there were like obviously obviously you know there's multiple people because I always knew Tony the Tiger as a, as a guy called Tom Clark Hill. I didn't realize that Lee Marshall was also Tony the Tiger. I think the more famous one was Thurl Ravenscroft, who was um in The Grinch. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Really? Is that him yes. too? Mm-hmm. Wow. I think he was the most prolific, actually. But I think Lee took over from him. The more you know. But yeah, Lee Marshall never... He was a... Oh, I'm being really polite here. He, was... he wasn't right for that show, was he? He wasn't. No, he was... Uh... He was very had a good voice, but he was just such a basic announcer. It wasn't really like he brought nothing to the show, really. Mm. Re- <laughs> reports are that I that that either of them could end up on the Monday night show. Uh, it's almost a certainty, though, that Eric Bischoff will be the host of the show. Well, we didn't get Tanae, we didn't get Lee Marshall, but we did get another outsider who came in and. Made his mark on color commentary on Monday Night Show. Oh, we flipping well did. We'll get to them in a little bit. Uh, one more bit of news. Uh, ECW star Sabu uh, is in London this week. And then normally, you know, American wrestlers doing a 
doing a tour isn't massively noteworthy. But this one is because it was at a show in the UK. It was a show in London, actually, uh, which saw Sabu face a wrestler based out of the UK called the Dirt Bike Kid. And I know Dirt Bike Kid. You know Dirt Bike Kid? The Dirt Bike Kids are on me. Um, a really strong performer and one that kind of time has forgotten about a little bit. But on this night, on the 7th of July, Sabu and the Dirt Bike Kid had a match considered four and a quarter stars by Dave wow. Manser. An unassuming match about... in front of 225 people. Not Sabu in 95, Dirt Bike Kid was kind of big in his day, although he, uh, I believe, gained more notoriety for an incident with Great Sasuke a few years after this. That is that true. Would... Mm. A little spicy little story yeah. about that coming up down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, chance of ECW and We Want Blood throughout this match. Uh, also, uh, fans were handing uh, the wrestlers frying pans to use as objects. <laughs> See? Philly starts a trend, the world follows. Absolutely. You, you guys walked so we could run. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. what makes this amazing as well, and Dave says this, is because ECW, at this point, there's there's no TV channel in the UK carrying ECW. So this has come on the power of tape trading. Oh, this, tape trading was such a huge deal in those days. Now you just go on YouTube or a streaming service and, and whatever you want is there. It's amazing. Don't know you were born. Don't know you were born. Honestly, shakes fist at cloud. Um, those are the news items from this week. Justin Henry is going to talk us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Where and when are we for this week's Raw, Justin Henry? This episode aired Monday, July 10th, 1995. It was taped two weeks earlier in the sprawling metropolitan that is Danville, Pennsylvania. Danville! 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 Get in. <sighs> love, to see, love to see us back in Danville. So... Do we have two more weeks you know, in you... Danville? Is everything is everything up till um in your house coming out of Dan straight out of Danville? Yes, straight out of Danville. <laughs> so you know when you go to a store and you buy a pack of what you call crisps, you... potato chips here in America? I do indeed. It's like this big bag about yay high. And it's um you like like I'm, I'm gonna eat this whole thing of chips today because I'm I'm so hungry and I'm, I'm, you open I'm, up and you realize I'm, that maybe 45% of the bag is filled with chips and the rest of it is air. <laughs> yep. That's what this show is. <laughs> they, had, they, had, they had to take four weeks of TV, so they padded the hell out of this show with video packages and exposition. And they had, they had to get the 46 minutes of non-commercial um, products. So I'd say maybe about 32 minutes of the show is potent in some way. You said before we and started, re- I think it's so appropriate. We have to wade through a lot of packing material this week. Yeah. A lot of styrofoam, yes. <laughs> a lot of styrofoam. If you're expecting a, a, a long uh, three-hour tour de force podcast like the Cold Dalek Wrestling Podcast this week, you might be very disappointed because this is a very this is there's a very filler heavy. So it will we will be filler heavy ourselves, I'm sure. <laughs> well, we get right to it with a video package hyping up Diesel versus Psycho Sid. This thing went on for two minutes and 48 seconds. <laughs> now, usually a typical opening video is maybe 40 seconds at the most. You get your point across, you hype up what you're going to see, and then you hit the intro. No, 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 no. This is almost three minutes of, like, God damn it, we have to stall. 
<laughs> so it's basically just building up Sid as being powerful and great, but he's afraid of Diesel, and he runs away a lot. And and we get like the entire feud basically just mapped out in this little video. Tonight we have a Sid interview. He assures us he's not afraid. He's a heel, so that's a dubious statement. Two minutes and forty-eight seconds. I just summed it up for you. It's it was the video package equivalent of a meeting that could have been an email. Mm-hmm. Lot of filler. They you can tell already this week they're stretching it. They're stretching it. Like the Sid thing is is so. I don't like the way they're pushing Sid in the sense that I mean at least at this in this video package Vince gives Sid some credit by saying hey he's tough except when someone's the same size as him and then he becomes a coward like oh you came so close to putting Sid over as a really good bloke so close like hang on let me pull my wallet out right now and get get the money for this pay-per-view and then just <laughs> have him knowing all the take my money I want to see a coward fight the champion <laughs> yeah I can't imagine Dana White building up a fight this way no, I mean that's it as well with these packages. You have to go. Are they really selling us on the experience of this mm. wrestling show? Normally, they're not. Mm. And Jose Aldo, he, he's a coward who won't face Conor McGregor. <laughs> he, he, he 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 won't fight back to all of his barbs when, when Conor makes them. So he must be scared. <laughs> Spend fifty bucks and to watch him fight. <laughs> Come watch this man, this scared man, get beaten up. If it's a manager, I kind of get like you want to pay for the manager to get his comeuppance, but not when it's the main champion. You know, you want a little bit of jeopardy in there. It's like, what's this? Dana White short of Brock Lesnar on pay, and now Brock wants to fight him. Well, now I'd pay for that. Yeah, that's a different. <laughs> that's a. I don't think Dana's ever done that, but I'm saying theoretically, Dana versus one of his one of his so someone like Brock would be hilarious. It'd be bloody brilliant, mate. Bloody brilliant. You hooked me. <laughs> so we go to ringside. Vince tells us that the crowd is the crowd is excited to see Savio. Okay, sure. <laughs> salty, salty, just saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, the heat machine's happy. The crowd's sweetener. You're as salty as Dave then on the takeover media call on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's not salty. He's he, he he's just. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. Oh, he was a bit salty because he asked Triple H about like call-ups and like why call-ups don't always do well. And Triple H compared people getting called up in WWE to people getting called up to the NFL. And it was such bullshit. Like, yeah, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, you know, like that time that Eli Manning got given a postman gimmick when he got called up. Like, it's it, you couldn't compare the two. So Triple H went on this big old tangent he was really rambly and ranty and angry. And then there was a long pause and Dave Belzer just goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the shortest he's ever been, the most concise Dave has ever been. And it just, it made me roar. Just here go, okay. <laughs> I feel like that media call is going to go down in history. Mm. He was so salty. Triple H was, he was in a foul mood. It was all the fans' fault. And we, were, we should all just stop looking at spoilers and, and journalist websites. If we don't like it, we shouldn't watch it. And we've all the best women wrestlers are here. And if they're not, they want to be here. And it's just, mate, did you not have, did you not have your dinner before you started? Because I normally get like that if I'm either tired or hungry. And I wonder whether he just didn't have time to have his dinner and he was just in a bad mood. I feel like a future Brian Zane 25-minute video on the downfall of NXT is going to 
feature that part very heavily. Yes. <laughs> Whether it's in five years or whenever the hell that video comes out. I I think I think very much it will. I think it very, very much will. <laughs> that was just like I didn't even listen to the call, but I I, I was reading what had happened. I'm like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> and like, I'm waiting for him to like, like, like bite a hit. By the end, him to just snap and, and, and hit somebody with a sledgehammer. <laughs> but it, thankfully, you know, better common sense prevailed. See, if I'd been on the call, right, I, I don't know whether the mm. devil would have got the better of me. And because that, because he's he's pissed off already. He's in a bad mood already. So that'd be the time where you go, so um, what's happening with Keith Lee then? <laughs> just, or you just go, um... Velveteen Dream, talk about it. You think, well, you're angry anyway, so let's just go. Let's just go. Why do you sack all those? Tack. Why do you sack all those good wrestlers? I would have gone a different tack. Like, what was the deal with those white boots you wore with the black trunks a few years ago? <laughs> do, you actually, do you actually think that was a good combination? <laughs> I'd have asked him if he wanted to buy a second out of lawnmower. <laughs> a sleeper is a secondary finisher in 2002. Really? <laughs> So you you feud with Carly over the summer. Um, did we think that would make money, or was that just you showing off about how strong and brilliant you are? <laughs> Discuss. Chaperone, chaperone two. You in? <laughs> are, there any, are there any other modern family and Simpsons cast members you can, you can do a movie with? Is it true that the only reason that people think that you are looking to buy a Japanese Federation is because when somebody rang you, they said, "Do you want to? Which Japanese Federation do you want to buy? Do you want to buy any of them?" And you answered, "No." Is that... <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, mis we misinterpreted what you said. Noah. No, I didn't. I said Noah. I see. You said it again. That's up there with Mike Bassett, England manager, who uh, writes all his football players on the on a cigarette packet and hands it to the woman to sign them. And then these two old boys turn up and they go, that's Stuart Benson, that's Jonathan Hedges. They were names on the packet. And he said, where on this cigarette packet does it say Benson and Hedges? And that was the name of the cigarettes, obviously. Oh, it's that uh, just a fun little line from Mike Bassett, England manager. Don't know what context it has. Uh, the match is tonight on... <laughs> On Raw, can I can I give some love to the deliciously pixelated match graphics that they use on a few of these? Oh, it's uh, it's, it's certainly 1995. It's not exactly state of the art even for 1995. It's gorgeous MS Paint Windows 95 edition. It's, it's slapped together at the last minute, apparently. Yes. We got Allied Power versus Tatanka and and Henry Godwin, which we hyped up last week as being something that people would have directly want to watch allegedly oh yeah because henry godwin got subbed in that was the big news coming out of the last one was it, oh henry godwin's oh, yeah. in the match well i wasn't gonna watch next week but flipping <laughs> heck i am now stop the president they pulled bundy out <laughs> bundy is still on the books by the way he's just just he's just not there at the moment but he's still on the books oh me you need bundy it's 1995 <laughs> he was a hot commodity <laughs> He's got a big marriage order and guest spot coming up this fall. <laughs> That's going to make all the money. Where Bud wears a Bumblebee costume and Bundy beats him up. <laughs> so, opening match here. It's the best match of the show by far, I believe. Mm. The Roadie versus Thunderfoot Jerry Flynn. Yes! In a match that could have very well happened in 2001 if WCB had lived and they did sign Jesse James. 
Jerry Flynn. Look, Jerry, so, I like how, how he he never once backed on changing his name. Thinking there's already a Jerry Lynn in the business. No, I'm sticking to my guns. I was oh. here first. I'm Jerry Flynn. If your name was Jerry Flynn, would you change your name? I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't at all. I wouldn't at all. It's very Kenny Powers-esque. But this is... um. This is the beginning of a of a nice little run for him, I do believe, as uh, a a cover guy, a, a cover guy, as an enhancement lad for the WWF. Mm-hmm. He's gonna lose to some lovely people on the on the on the show over the next couple of months. Case in point here, we got Thunderfoot versus Shaky Knee. <laughs> Flynn's good though, isn't he? Flynn's good. Oh, he is. It's so what we got here. This is uh, we're we're. We're legitimizing Rhodey because we have a big angle coming up in two weeks, but ultimately, well, we'll see what happens there. But we're trying to legitimize the Rhodey. That he, he's, he's more than just a lackey for Jarrett. First, we're going to establish that he can wrestle. Well, he's an Armstrong, so if you knew if, if you knew that already, then you know he can wrestle. So we'll be we get this great arm twist savat kick from Flynn, which is why they call him Thunderfoot. Dog gets in some break dancing, which was out of style even then. We get an Enzugiri attempt, which dog ducks and implies a half crab. And I'm like, this is a jobber match? It's like, I mean, I realize Armstrong's put guys over, make them look good. Like, that that's their nature. But Flynn's getting a lot of offense here. <laughs> and then just to date this show, Jerry Lawler makes a reference to Hugh Grant. Way now. This was, uh, this was quite the incident. <laughs> back in the, oh, back in the yeah. day. I mean, all told, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened in the world. But I think because Hugh Grant was... was such a hot commodity at this point, it was mm-hmm. uh, it was quite a shocking thing. So if you don't know the story, uh, Hugh Grant was arrested uh, along with Divine Brown. They mm-hmm. uh, they caught the attention of a policeman uh, when they were pressing the brake pedal of the BMW with his foot. They caused the brake light to flash the car. Turns out they were having a little bit of a in the car in public. Rude. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were charged with lewd conduct, pleaded no contest on September the 6th, uh, being ordered to attend an AIDS class and perform five days community service. Uh, Divine Brown was fined $1,150 for parole violations, sentenced to 180 days in jail. Hugh Grant pleaded no contest. He was fined $1,180, placed on two years summary probation, ordered to complete an AIDS education program as well. Um, I, I, I mean, it sounds really bad, all this punishment and such, but... It didn't hurt his career any at all. In fact, I, I dare say it kind of enhanced it. That's kind of like ah, it's having a little fun there. And yeah, it, it was. It, it was it, it in was... a way like stuff like that. It kind of it, it over here. It earned him a weird little extra bit of respect from people because he was just this <laughs> this sort of floppy haired guy that appeared in all the rom coms, as far as all the blokes oh, yeah. were concerned, like <laughs> four weddings <laughs> at a funeral and all that. <laughs> He was the awkward guy that always found himself in situations that, you know, he'd rather not be in. Yeah. And then he's in one in real life. <laughs> and then, and it's a rather extreme one. Oh, that's, that is how Hugh Grant acts. Um, I'm Matthew. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do, Bal? Um, <laughs> it's Matthew Hugh Grant. Wow. That's a conversation we never knew we'd have. Uh, but over but over here, like he got a little bit of a, go on, lad. Like a bit of a rep because he was suddenly a lot cooler to a whole new bunch of people because he'd been caught getting it on with Divine Brown in a car. It was like, go on, you. We just thought you were just, you know, a bit of a rom-com lad. Get in, lads. 
I believe the incident actually played a role in Jay Leno overtaking David Letterman in popularity in this country because Leno had Hugh Grant on for an interview not long after that. So, of course, everybody knows that, like, like you got to ask the questions. You know, this is going to be this, this is a heavily hyped interview. And I, if I remember right, as soon as Hugh sat down, Jay goes, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> and, I got, and, I got, and I got a big applause. Like, like, like as soon as the interview started. I, I admire just, him just, just going straight into it and just owning it immediately. <laughs> It's, it, it was a thing that happened, and Divine Brown actually did show up in ECW a year after this. Of course, she did. Yeah, that's a good shout for ECW yeah. to get her in. Steve Richards tried to solicit her services, so she took his money and smashed him right in the face with it <laughs> in a backstage vignette. Ah, oh, so it's nice to hear Hugh Grant getting a getting a nod, making the show seem uh, seem seem current and topical. Well. We gotta go back to New Generation WF here, so enough fun. <laughs> on, this, on this match for an enhancement talent match was really inspired. Yeah. It's a shockingly good match. It ends with Jerry Flynn trying for a hurricane run and dog carrying with a power bomb. Brody pins him after that, and that's the match. Decent. And then Vince, master of subtlety, lets us know that Jarrett is stealing the Brody spotlight. <laughs> it's like, like, I knew where the angle was going because I knew it in hindsight, but God, they really poured it on thick there, didn't they? Vince has this thing, doesn't he, where he just doesn't like to let things happen on the subtle. Like, he feels like he has to beat it over people's heads that this is what's happening. And sometimes it's a case of just letting stuff breathe and letting us draw our own... Trusting us as an audience to to connect the dots a little bit rather than wait, like, rather than leaning over our shoulder and drawing all the dots for him. Well... I sense there's a big part of this audience that doesn't understand subtlety. I think it so does maybe, if you let them. I think it's a little bit of both, actually. Mm. Now they miss out on little details because they're so used to having everything be broad and everything be you know, so explicit. They do it so very rarely where they do just let a little angle breathe and they don't point it out. Like I remember... The- Last year, during the height of Bailey and Sasha as a tag team, and they did that. There was a video that played, which which was which was everybody talking about how brilliant Bailey is. And Sasha yeah. Banks did a bit where she said, uh, "Bailey's the the greatest wrestler in the WWE and the greatest champion of all time." And then the, it just ever so slightly for like a beat, she looks down the lens of the camera and smiles, and then it cuts away to something else, and it was never acknowledged. It was it, no one ever over pointed out. I was like, yes, that's what we need. That little drop there. That's all I want. Just that little bit of a wink to the camera. Like we know what's coming. It was perfect. It was so. I mean, good. I appreciate that too. Mm. And and you're absolutely right. But you you notice here, Jared didn't do anything to spur that comment from Vince. No, he just got in the ring, and celebrated with him with his charge. That, that that's all it was. And it's just like you're trying to invent something that isn't there to to, to, to fit to fit your stated personal purpose and it's there's nothing to it if vince had said nothing and we'd have seen Jarrett get into the ring raise roadie's arm and then do the dance in front of him Mm. but say nothing that would have told the story as far as i'm concerned maybe Jarrett didn't do enough so vince felt compelled to keep to keep the angle rolling I don't know whether he gave him enough time to do anything. Ah, well, but yeah, it is what it is. We know where it's going. We know what's happening. Well, we can't move on from this because we get, for some reason, remember what I said about the potato chip bag? Mm-hmm. We get the 1993 Jeff Jarrett vignettes with 
was it Buddy Lee or whoever it was, and him trying to get into Nashville. And then they play the entire music video again. <laughs> of course they do. We're 15 minutes into the show. We've had maybe about three minutes of new content. <laughs> it's like, geez, Lou, this is a padded to the hilt. <laughs> There's a lot of padding going on here. I did get to relive how good the rip stuff was, though. So that was nice. <laughs> oh, Rip Taylor. Rip, rip Taylor. Like, I love it when someone like a celeb comes in and just throws themselves into it. Uh, they were just told, I think, I feel like he was just told, can you please act like Jeff Jarrett's the biggest deal in country music? And he went, yeah, of course I can. And we got what we got. And it was superb. Like, he was so good. He just made, he just, like, and that's all a celeb needs to do is something like that to make a WWE star feel special and connect. It was so good. Yeah, it's, um, you see some celebrities, you know, just wait for the bag of money to be handed to them as soon as they're done talking and. Here's Rip just happy to be part of the show. He's just happy to be there. Wait, you know who I'm happy is there? Who? Davy Boy Smith cutting a promo. <laughs> oh, aren't we happy that two of the most uncomfortable talkers have found each other? Yeah, Davy Boy Smith and Lex Luger, the allied powers. <laughs> if ever two men needed a manager, it was them. They're so big, but they look so scared. <laughs> so Luger's happy to have Bulldog watching his back. Bulldog keeps referring to Henry Gowan as Hogman. <laughs> which sounds like a, a poor sign superhero. <laughs> hey, Hogman! That's a good, ac- that's a good accent, that. Uh, I've, I've done Davy Boy's voice a few <laughs> times over the years. Can you, can you hit us with a because I'm bizarre? <laughs> I know a lot about Royal Rumbles, and I'm going to win this Royal Rumble because I'm bizarre! That's good! That's good! <laughs> Don't mind Allied Powers as a concept. But sure. they're just, they just look so uncomfortable. <laughs> they really like, do. It's, it should be a natural fit, these two. Oh, it should be, shouldn't it? But everything, like, like they have the costumes. They have the physiques. They have the credibility of being stars for years in the business, both of them. And yet, it still feels thrown together. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't get what's missing here. It's just, I just, it's something about both of them. I know, it's just... It isn't quite clicking. I don't, I, I don't get it. It, it. it should work, but it doesn't. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. 
Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Savio Vega versus Mike Corey. This works. <laughs> it does? No. <laughs> we got Barry Dodinsky, who should have been in your house last night. <laughs> oh, that was the one thing that was missing, was Barry Dodinsky. I presume he's still with us. I'm, I would presume, too, but maybe we need him for AEW to plug their... The, the plug the John Moxie bitch AF shirt. <laughs> I love Dodinsky in a bitch AF. John! It's... Yeah, John, could you? Barry Dodinsky in a bit AF shirt, please, mate. Thank you. Also, Barry Dodinsky plugging some John Eiley merchandise. Yeah, that would be... John should have his own shirt. John should have star. his own shirt. Yeah, so Barry Dodinsky plugging some John Eiley merch for the rest of That would be lovely. Thank you. Well, whatever merch that John draws Barry wearing, it's got to be better than the shirt he was plugging here. <laughs> the old it's Razor like Ramon one. <laughs> it's a Razor Ramon t-shirt. It's like a squared photo over like a screensaver design. It is. It's just the worst, <laughs> isn't it? They're just these t-shirts at the moment are so bad. It's like this shirt really says something, and and that something is we put no goddamn thought into this shirt whatsoever. <laughs> this shirt then, says something. What it says is we've got nothing. But then on the back of the shirt, there's a huge WF logo with an asterisk next to it. <laughs> what what is that what does the asterisk say next to wwf is it like please don't sue us panda people <laughs> in fact just for fun at jrh writing on twitter at tom campbell on twitter what does the asterisk on the back of the t-shirt actually mean <laughs> what's it signify is it caution may not contain wrestling <laughs> Is it saying that this shirt is only one star? <laughs> um, the star, the stars feature. <laughs> it's not a good shirt. <laughs> Thank God there's one star on there because otherwise it would have been a Barry Dudinsky. <laughs> oh, boo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Lola Kozinski, a lousy pitch man. He's not wrong. No, he's not. <laughs> we learned that Razor and Savio will be facing men on a mission in your house, too. That sounds like a match. <laughs> Some have described it as a match that is going to happen. <laughs> Savio beats up Curry while smiling, chops the hell out of him, and it finishes with a three-quarter Nelson drop. Quite like the little roll at finish. That was good fun. Savio Vega is... Is when you're playing career mode on a video game and you get bored winning with your finisher all the time. So you start like, like, oh, I'll win with an abdominal stretch just to see what happens. You just want to get it done. <laughs> you just want to get through it. You want to. You've been playing it for an hour. And you're trying to. You're trying to get a shot at the Intercontinental Title, and you're just blasting through it. It's just like, okay, what is this now? And um, Mahi Shaw Cradle. Yeah, sure. I'll pin uh, Yokozuna with the Mahi Shaw Cradle. We get the Special Olympics video of the wrestlers taking part in it. And um, Vince uses that to segue into questioning Sid's courage. 
I swear that was a thing that happened. Of course he does. Of course he does. Like, I get that you want to make deaf segues. You like we use like commercials and stuff. And that, but geez, that was. I don't know if I'd be using that as part of an angle in any in any form. It's just desperate to get him over as a coward for some weird reason. And so we get the in your house ad where Razor, where Razor Ramon shows up to um, intern Adam's house of George, of George and Adam pseudo fame. Is that who it is? That's who it looked like. I mean, <laughs> how many fire redheads do they have that, that, that look like him that appear, that appear in company commercials? That's got to be him. If a man turned up at your house with no shirt, with, with a shirt with a vest on, showed his nipples, and just said, "Hey yo, say hello to the bad guy," <laughs> would you let them in? Well, considering he's six foot six, I probably, I probably just do whatever he said. <laughs> Unless he punched away through my front door. So then, Man Mountain Rock shows up. Some women show up. Ray Rougeau is there announcing this whole mess. Then Bob back on there. This is uh, I guess I had a big house party. The mother was a wet blanket. Like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, stop making so much noise and all that. And it's. <laughs> this is definitely a, a 95 WWF ad. It's, it is very much a 95 WWF. It looks like the house from In Your House. Like the one they it, gave it away. Look, there's like no furniture in it. It looked very plain. It looked very empty. It looked a bit sad, actually. Like either they just moved in or they're just moving out. Or they were squatting. They had a lot of stuff. <laughs> we're squatting but we can afford it in your house hey, it's only 15 bucks <laughs> hey it's okay mom sorry 15 bucks fbi open up <laughs> maybe they're pirating it we've got you surrounded <laughs> i'm watching in your house man <laughs> that's why ray rujo is there to fight off the cops with his gold gloves boxing knowledge <laughs> so we get a we get the Sid interview, which always excites me whenever Sid does an interview. Because <laughs> on these very predictable shows, anything can happen when Sid cuts a promo. Uh, it's it's always a treat when we've got Sid off the chain with something like this. But the purpose of this promo is that Sid and Ted DiBiase are not alone. They have with them their collection of lumberjacks. And it occurs to me at this point, if it wasn't abundantly clear already... This is a very thin, very unfleshed out roster because th this is not a rogues gallery. This is a who the hell are they gallery. <laughs> this is a vagues gallery. I mean, what I love is you've got the lumberjacks around the ring. The uh, big Mantar gets a big shout out. Rad Radford gets a big shout out. Triple H is there. No mention of him. <laughs> so let me just run through because I. I wrote everybody down here. Yeah. Let me just say, with all due respect to some genuine talents here, in terms of push and prestige, this is not a who's who. This is a who cares. <laughs> IRS, Tatanka, Hogman, Henry Godwin, Jean-Pierre, PCO, Lafitte, the Harris Twins, Rad Lewis, Bacoli, Radford, Mantar, Skip of the Body Donnas, Triple H, Jimmy Del Rey, not, no Tom Pritchard, although he was supposed to be a lumberjack. Men on a mission and comma. What happened to that wrestler? Someone main eventing that's got me lamenting. That's a, that's the third verse of what happened to that wrestler. Surely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's some there's some 
<laughs> there's a, there's some empty vessels in there, isn't there? <laughs> and these are handpicked by the million dollar man. Handpicked by the million dollar man. The man who has more money than sense. Handpicked these lumberjacks. Adam, if you want me to write that video, I demand to be paid in advance. <laughs> what happened to every lumberjack from in your house too? <laughs> the whole reason thing. Who cares? I mean, move on. <laughs> Ted and, and DiBiase, to, to his credit, he tries to make this roster look potable. He puts over like, what are you going to do when you try to run away? And Mantar gets his hoofs into you. <laughs> and then Skip gets his hands on you. And Rad Radford gets his hands on you. Like, DiBiase tried to make men sound like killers. <laughs> He's doing more than this company has to make them look like threats. But it's it's a losing battle. It really is. There's only, there's only so much Ted can do. Bless him for trying, though. Crowd chance for Diesel. Vince couldn't be happier. Vince could not be happier. Oh, he's just delighted. He's delighted the chance are going the right way. He was nervous for a while. It's touch and go, this whole Diesel push thing. Then, then Sid shouts a lot. I can't remember exactly what he said, but his voice cracks several times. <laughs> like a pubescent teenager. He's going to be the master and the ruler of the world. Um, he's going to be the WWF champion, <laughs> providing there's not a softball and, game on. And then he turns his head up to the camera like this. The chin pointed out. Big. And my God, does this man have nose hair? It's like an azalea bush in each nostril. I feel like had that been filmed in 2021, and I put this down, somebody would have got at him with the nose clippers after the run through. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Hedge trimmer. Hold still. Hold still, don't flinch. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier the uh, the budgetary cuts that have been running through the company at this point. Yes. We get something that feels like a total an anachronism for 1995. A voiceover for a role for 32X from Lord Alfred Hayes. Yay! <laughs> say, don't enjoy Alfred, or enjoy Alfred while you can, because he won't be here much longer. Oh, This is the end. Does he not call it the 32XI? Did he call it that? I heard him say 32XI. And I, and I wondered, like, was there a model... Of the 32X called the 32XI. And I thought... Maybe he was... Thought, makes sense. Maybe he's a 32XA and he was mocking Canadians. That's a 32X, eh? <laughs> the only other thing... I, I mean, the Canadian bit aside, the only thing I can think of is that they put 32X exclamation mark, but he misread it as an I. <laughs> it could be something as simple as that. One take Al. <laughs> you only get one take out of Alfred. Oh, that's it. I'm off to Mexico. All right, Al, we're ready to start recording. Al. <laughs> <laughs> Too late, suckers. <laughs> we get we get the video from Action Zone of Barry Harwood scoring his first ever victory in this company anyway. Is that JR on the call for that? Is this Horowitz wins? Horowitz wins. Pin skip with that's a three quarter there, Nelson. Up there, Horowitz wins delivered with the same energy as Tyson and Austin. Tyson and Austin. <laughs> Hey, JR, on his game, could put anything Oh, over. God, yeah. God, yeah. When he's on. And this is why I get sad when I talk about him in AEW. Because, like, when he's on, no one no one can touch him. He's, he is Teflon JR. Like, he is he's imp impossible to beat. But, God, when he's, when he's not invested or tired or, let's be honest, a bit drunk, he, um, he's just not there. And it's so sad, like, to have somebody who is either 
the best in the business or a real detriment to it? In my opinion. Well, he was on his game here and Sonny was totally miffed when her man got beat by Barry freaking Horowitz of all people. Livid. Yeah, so Skip's been here two months and already he's dead in the water. Oh dear. But but is it would they not argue that maybe this is more towards something a little bit bigger? Well, you think they're rebuilding I mean I mean the feud continues. Yeah. It will continue, but it's like he's been here for only two months. He hasn't even established yet. It's just whatever. Mm. We've, we've seen one role match with him so far. Now this next match is amazing for a multitude of reasons that I'm gonna have to go into. Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Matt Hardy. Now this is special. I mean, obviously Hunter will have some lovely times with Matt's brother in ring in the mm. in the time to come. Um, but this was, yeah, this was a bit of a history moment, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hunter wins this. Of course, if it was a Wednesday, Matt would have won. <laughs> um, so, Vince wonders if, if, if Matt's thinking about a win. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> I, I, like, I like how, like, Barry Harwitz has, like, apparently, like, lit a fire under the jobber locker room like hey he beat an, an actual guy maybe we can beat an actual guy too he, he's jobber rudy he's inspirational <laughs> barry barry he's john val job <laughs> <laughs> the man de la jabba <laughs> <laughs> he's fidel cradle <laughs> jo- job quixote <laughs> So, uh, this match becomes fascinating for the commentary. Forget the fact that we have Hunter versus Matt Hardy in 1995. I mean, which which is incredible enough, given the fact that both men are still active to a high degree today in their respective roles. But Vince talks about the internet audience in regards to the 1995 King of the Ring. He says, we heard you loud and clear regarding King of the Ring. (laughs) I don't think you did. No, no, because holy shit, Vince acknowledged publicly that the show sucked and we understand that you're mad about it. (laughs) Is that what we were getting at here? Yes, that's what this was. Oh. I was was, was like, what? Like, like, we get it, the show is terrible. That's on us. I mean, he didn't say it in those words, obviously. But the whole, we heard you loud and clear is, uh, Wow. But it was such a it was a vague enough statement that we know what he means. But it's vague enough that not everybody would know what it means. Exactly. Read between the lines, and well, some people can. Yeah. It's here he knows that Tony has retired. 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 Budget cut. Same thing. <laughs> Matt works a long headlock. And I, I guess I've never noticed Hunter with this accessory before. He has a hair tie that is a scarf. I've seen him with it once or twice. It's not something that sticks around for a long time, I don't think. You should bring it back, even though he, he, even though he has, he's down to a face. <laughs> Just tie it around his bald head. <laughs> yes. like, like people do with ties at the end of Christmas parties. <laughs> you should have done it last night for the, for the in-your-house spirit. Do you know what? I think what would have been amazing for the in-your-house spirit would have, had, would have been Triple H to walk out as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. 
Yes, he should have done it. Would that not have been amazing? I know he's been grumpy lately, but that would have cheered him up. Put a nice suit on, his old music played, mm. just like nose up to the air, thus walks out to the The old fox hunter pants. Oh, it would have been brilliant. That would have been amazing. I, all, all would be forgiven if he did that. For a little while. Mm. Until the next time he goes for into a, a media call and says it's all our fault for not enjoying the wrestling. Yes. I mean, Bronson Reed could have been Mantar. <laughs> That's true. He's done so much with the boy when I had, had fun with last night, but alas. So Hunter smacks Matt around. Matt misses a springboard moonsault because Matt was very aerodynamic, especially then. Mm. So is now, actually. Pedigree finishes. I got to say, I, I like Hunter's double arm hook from back then where he just did both arms at the same time. Now he does the one, then the other. I could better just hook both at once. Because back then, like the move was kind of was was designed to to look in every sense more refined. So the whole the symmetry mm-hmm. of bringing the arms together at the same time, and that and, mm-hmm. and that, that simple motion, and now it's almost like part of the build of is hooking the one arm, hooking the other arm, like mm-hmm. pulling your head back. So about the drama, the drama of the telegraph. Kane gets ready, gets his one knee ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, back to in your house uh, discussion because we have our in your house two report. Oh, a quick! I want to give a quick nod to Jerry Lawler who actually made me laugh at a line during commentary, and and it's okay. very rare where he talked about um, he was talking about birth. It was talking about it must have been Helen Hart or something. I can't remember the context, but he said di- difficult. Oh no, that was it because Jr. Um, Vince was talking about Jerry Lawler's crown. He said, oh, you probably wore that crown when you were born. And Jerry Lawler said, yeah, I did, actually. I did. It made for quite a difficult birth for my mother. And he said, difficult births normally use a C-section. My mom used the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> that's, uh, that's quite a visual. It's just, it's just an odd line. And it, just, and it caught me off guard. I was like, oh, that's quite funny, actually. <laughs> Once in a while, Lawler gets a great one in there. Once every five years, he's there. <laughs> he's the hellish comedy of comedians. <laughs> yeah. Look to the sky, and maybe in our <laughs> lifetime, you'll see Jerry Lawler tell a palatable joke. Well, here's a divide by zero of comedians, Todd Pettengill. The Toddster! It's me, the oh, Toddster. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! That was too, that was too accurate. <laughs> it's me, the Toddster. Hey, hey! <laughs> 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 I'm sad he didn't call himself the Toddster as he walked out. On Monday, on Sunday, even. Uh, it's the mood is past. Never. <laughs> he makes a he makes a horrible Grey Poupon joke, which was outdated even by not, even by 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 agent standards. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what to me is the best part of the show? Todd says, "At the first in your house, we give away a house, and who knows what's going to happen this time? I know what happens. You you don't give away a house." <laughs> <laughs> we're so wacky this time maybe we won't give away a house <laughs> in your shanty your can of tool shed in your converted bungalow <laughs> in, in, in your frigid air box <laughs> welcome to WWF in your microwave who wants themselves a brand new Zanussi <laughs> In, in your Barbie dream house. Oh, that would be amazing. That we stole from a flea market. <laughs> in your coupon for Burger King. <laughs> so, 
We run down the cards. Diesel and Sid. Diesel will have his lumberjacks next week. I will bet they're all baby faces. Oh, I, I'd love it if he'd hide a heel just to mix mm-hmm. it up. <laughs> you look over at his lumberjacks, and, and there's Tom Pritchard. Tom goes, "Well, oh, Sid doesn't sell." <laughs> <laughs> Sean versus Jarrett. Jarrett's going to sing on the show also. Mm, big night for Jarrett at In Your House. Yeah. Well, it's in Nashville, so this is going to be his magnum opus. Intercontinental title match with Shawn Michaels, and he's going to sing. Allied Powers versus Owen and Yoko for the tag belts. Razor and Sabia versus Mom. Big Liv versus The Hog, man. <laughs> no mention of Kid and Rody for some reason. <clears throat> They're going to be there, though, right, aren't they? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. And there are a lot of video packages in this bit to spell out the stories. Like a lot of video packages. It's, it's all because we are. It's all padded, isn't it? We are stretching. <laughs> it's like it's like the shoulders of Vince's suits padded. <laughs> but that's the in your house um, two card. Uh, I can reveal today that in two weeks' time. Uh, Justin Henry and myself will be doing an In Your House to Watch Along and we'll be joined by somebody making their very first appearance on the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. You've heard him on the news podcast and if you have TikTok, you've seen him everywhere. Professor Nick Harrison has made a massive name for himself on TikTok by doing wrestlers' entrances. Guys like Batista and Triple H have seen them and retweeted them, fallen in love with them. The world has loves Professor Nick Harrison and the best part is he's a real-life professor and he's currently out of, you know, school's out for summer so he's agreed in a few weeks time to watch in your house too with us as a special treat and i know justin you might not be familiar with the work and i know you're putting all your faith in me booking this guest but i promise you i promise you nick harrison's gonna be he's gonna bring the goods i can't wait for you and nick harrison to become friends i'm i'm so excited to have nick harrison on here it's gonna be so good if you want to find out all about him and who he is uh, you can find him on tiktok if you look up professor nick harrison or find mr professor 318 on twitter as well he's a lovely lovely man and he'll be our friend oh, I, tr- oh, I trust your judgment on this one i'm sure he'll be a great guest and look forward to having him on he was on the bump as well recently that's the other thing i was going to mention he was on the bump recently because he's been doing these entrances and he was on ww television shouting about them all right Oh, I see where you're doing your social climbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I want some of Mr. Harrison's clout. You know, the more releases WWE has, you, you, you know, the more they'll meet your price. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, <laughs> I'm not. I Suddenly, oh, Desert Island Graps isn't, lo, isn't that low down the totem pole for you now, is it? Broad Strowman. <laughs> There'll be a treat. I'll be doing this show with Corey Graves in about a month. <laughs> He won't have the same banter. No, he'll, he'll be defending everything. <laughs> nah, I kid. So at the at the end of this bit, we we had the we, we earlier we had Vince talking about you know Cameron was bad when we heard you for the first acknowledgement of the internet audience. Mm. Todd said Todd reminds us that WWF is the innovator of pay per view entertainment, <laughs> and forcibly lets us know that. What does that mean? Like, please don't buy Bash at the Beach. Please don't buy Bash at the Beach. Please don't buy Bash at the Beach. <laughs> no, I'm saving my money for the for um, Collision in Korea when, when it airs in about a month. <laughs> it's a real uphill climb for him at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. You know. uh, if you think that if you think that was weird, wait till the next match when we get some really fascinating commentary. Oh, oh yeah, I, I've written some notes on this. But we'll get to mm-hmm. it when we get to it, because, yeah, it's worth talking about. 
So uh, next week is Sean versus IRS. <laughs> and a rather interesting match, actually. That didn't happen often. So here we are. Allied Powers versus Hogman and Tatanka. Godwin gets the Million Dollar Corporation entrance. Is he in the team now? He's a peripheral member. Right, okay. He's a, he's a B-teamer. He, he's like when Kane hung out with DX in 1999. <laughs> Same thing. Same energy all the way mm-hmm. through. Hey, Burn Man! <laughs> you, so don't need, before... you don't need that mask to speak. Come on. <laughs> I like pigs. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what a moment <laughs> so the heels jump before the bell allied powers get the advantage Luger falls awkwardly when set into the, into the buckles I, I should probably just copy and paste that into every Luger match until the end of time really <laughs> so Luger plays face in peril the very English British Bulldog rallies the crowd to chant USA as, as they face two Americans <laughs> Weirdly, the, the team they're chanting USA for is less American than the team that are they're facing. Yes. Just a thought. I mean, maybe we're chanting for the network. So, like, don't cancel us, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is when things get weird. Vince mentions then-President Bill Clinton speaking out against violence in television. Which, in, in truth, McMahon at this time had hired someone to basically be a lobbyist for the company, to basically um, help sanitize the company's image so that, so that their syndication wouldn't get pushed down to late night time slots, because that was that was a very that was a very big issue at the time. Because it was more Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, who was the big champion of um, you know decency in media. She fought against rap music, so this was a big thing in the mid '90s in the era of trashy talk shows and violent video games and obscenity filled music. So this is um wrestling got lumped in there with you know violent television that, that could be impressionable upon children. So there there's this big push to, to, to really clean the WBF up to make sure that they didn't fall victim to any of this stuff. So Vince lets us know that the WBF is the standard in family entertainment and should not be confused and this is a direct quote with the undisciplined genre of professional wrestling in general. I had to rewind that several times because I couldn't quite figure out what Vince was saying because he was saying it whilst the match was in progress and whilst there was a big comeback spot happening. So, like, his his tone is constantly changing and he's pausing at weird places. So I couldn't make out the point that he was saying. I thought he said something about Bill Clinton and something about... about about standards and practices within wrestling, and and it was just just Vince just trying to get one over on on everyone else and just saying how brilliant we are, but trying to shoehorn it in in the worst possible place. You know, it's like it's like trying to ask somebody to uh, to, to give you a job whilst they're whilst they're unpacking the car. Like they're they're clearly busy, but you're trying to get in what you need to get in. It was that essentially. It was, it, it was just. Like, why would the audience care about that, honestly? Like, like you're not trying to, like, impress upon them that, you know, it's, it's like, you know. I wonder whether it was more for USA Network's benefit. Maybe, but it's just a very, like, 
I mean, I'm not invested in this match, so I don't care. Mm-hmm. And and even when I was 11 years old, I probably was probably not invested in this match. So it, it, it's just like, like, who in the audience is this really for? Like, is this Vince McMahon trying to say like, we're the good company, not them other wrestling companies that have programmed like WCW and ECW and whoever else you may be watching on your C-band satellite. It's, uh, I just, it, it was so out of nowhere. And, and he, he, he had to mention Bill Clinton just to segue into this. So he's, he's, he's shoe holding it. Evil, evil Knievel would make this jump. <laughs> so Luger this whole time has been facing peril. He's been getting his ass beat by Tatanka and Hogman. I'm just going to call him Hogman from now Hulk on. Man. <laughs> if Bulldog were still with us today, he should be like the naming guy in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like him. Bronson. Call him Hogman. Bronson Reed be big lad. He's big lad. Bronson, <laughs> Bronson Reed's big lad. Um, was this MSK? Uh, flippy lad. Uh, flying lads. Fly lads. Dynamic <laughs> duo. They're the dynamic duo. Uh, who else? This guy, Carrion Cross. Oh, uh, angry man. Angry man. Angry man. Uh, you wear sunglasses. You're cool, man. <laughs> I want an angry. I want an angry man dinner like a hungry man dinner, but it's for angry men. Yeah. John, what would an angry man dinner look like? Everything's burnt or stale. <laughs> <laughs> you got shoe throat. Oh, but uh, but oh oh, uh, bulldog. Uh, angry man has got his wife Scarlet with him as his uh, his manager. What should we call her? Oh, uh, Fitbird. <laughs> angry man and Fitbird, and uh, and you're you're facing Irish Irish lad. You're facing old Paddy lad over there. Oh, let's face it. None of me is called Hogman. <laughs> no, Hog- Hogman is a different level. Hogman's a different level. <laughs> I wish they'd hired Bulldog for creative. Because I think it would have been... Right, I'll tell you what we do uh, for the NXT title. Angry man, cool man, uh, Irish boy, and me. And I, and I win. <laughs> and I'll be the NXT champion. That'll be fine. That's a, it's a good book in that. They'll like that. They'll get, that'll get over. I can't lose because I'm bizarre. I can't lose because I'm bizarre. <laughs> so Luger makes the mild tag to Davy. Not the hot tag. It's just the mild tag. And the crowd go the te- mild. <laughs> it's the tepid tag. <laughs> we get this wonderfully awkward moment where Bulldog sends a Tonka into the corner. Tonka's supposed, supposed to do the up and over support and catch him for a power slam attempt. Yep. It doesn't go well. <laughs> This was not coordinated whatsoever. <laughs> they kind of fall back to time goes for a pinfall attempt out of it. They're so clumsy. I, I wrote in my notes, Jesus, but I don't think he has anything to do with this match. <laughs> Bulldog proceeds to invent the jackhammer by accident. <laughs> you see what I did out there? It's like what, it's like when Homer invented the flaming mo by accident. <laughs> Bulldog goes for his delayed suplex, but ends up getting bowled over and just falls on top of the Tonka. Hey, it's, it's, a, it's a move. We should give that to uh, what's his lad in WCW? What, what do what do we call him? Uh, goatee man. Give it to Goatee man. <laughs> goatee, goatee gloves. Goatee gloves. <laughs> Stone cold with the shoulders. <laughs> yeah, he's like oh Steve Austin, better than Steve Austin. Steve Austin. Is your name now? <laughs> yeah. 
Hog was late on the I'm sorry, Hog Man was late on the save. So we had another awkward moment here. <laughs> Look, this is clearly hour three of a TV tape. <laughs> they are done. <laughs> these four were put, these four were pulled away, pulled, were pulled away from, from a fucking pinochle game. <laughs> like, oh, we're, 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 we're still going to do this match. So Bulldog uh, pulls the Tonka off at the top of the power slam. That That's the finish. Luger got no offense himself in this match. So much for a Hogman being the prize acquisition. <laughs> so that should be it because that was our main event. And we run down next week. Oh, Yoko will be in action. Diesel interview. Lafitte's in action. Sean versus IRS. IRS is making a Robert De Niro face in his render. But then we get one more thing. Another visit to the offices. Oh. Dr. Isaac Yankum, DDS. Yes. So this is weird because Lawler's sitting in the supportive parents' chair. <laughs> while, Yankum, while Yankum is working over this young woman. Um. So there's no dental assistant. It's just Yankum, Lawler, and this person. All right. The Lawler rhapsodizes about Brett getting beaten by Yankum. What that's going to be like when Yankum gets in the ring and destroys the hitman. You know, Yankum is just on you know, his aggressive dentistry where he's not really like showing any care for vision. Like, open up and stick something else in her mouth and just work, works her over. <laughs> so the tension's building now. And, 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 and Lawler asks Lawler's girl, you know, if she watches wrestling, like, who are your favorites? She likes Diesel and she likes Razor. So, oh, and Bret Hart. <sighs> well, that was the that was the turning point. Because Yanka pulls out what's supposed to be a drill, but it's not a drill. It's like this light thing that I don't know. I don't know what the, what the tool is, but sure, sure, hell ain't a drill. Just open wide <laughs> and jams it right in her mouth, and presumably he's drilling out all her teeth for Darren to like the hitman. I mean, that's a lawsuit. Yeah, there's a lawsuit there. That would uh... certainly. <laughs> that's not going to go well for anybody. <laughs> mm, he's getting no. struck off at this rate. It might hurt his political career down the line. I, think, I, I wonder whether anyone's gone, do you want this man running your city? You didn't even have a dental license. <laughs> that's not even a drill. That's a stud man. <laughs> How does Adam Cole put up with him? <laughs> yeah, someone's got mixed up. They went, oh, yeah, Adam Cole's married to the dentist one. Okay. Is there any Lawler's rebel? <laughs> yes, I think he is. <laughs> Has he got a name yet? Yeah, he's yeah, he's Isaac Yankum Bulldog. Oh, it's all right then. No worries. I was just uh, Toothy Boy. I, forgot I was going to call him Toothy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right, King Man? <laughs> Crown Boy. Crown Boy. <laughs> Bulldog naming people. <laughs> We can't top Hogman, though. That's just too good. Oh, no. But he, he'll spend the rest of his time trying. Where's Bin Man? <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's the hog symbol in the sky. It's just a, it's just a silhouette of a ham. <laughs> Hogman. He's not the hero they need, but he's the hero they deserve. <laughs> his cape is that wax paper they used to wrap meat. <laughs> oh, it's going to get so greasy. He, sh he shoots sausage links out of his hand. John! <laughs> He has the Bigelow gauntlet that shoots fire, but it but, 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 but shoots out pulled pork. <laughs> John, what would Hogman look like? 
in a 32 page comic book special here's, here's an origin story <laughs> yes <laughs> there's a slaughterhouse accident and he came out the other side he was hog man <laughs> he just got bit by a radioactive pig <laughs> radioactive pig how did it get radioactive we'll never know <laughs> he, he does the upside down spider-man kiss but instead, instead of a kiss he has a a giant sausage like hanging out of his mouth and they, and they both eat it together. Ah, it's so romantic. You're like Lady in the Tramp. Oh. <laughs> Could we call him Sausage Man? No, we've called him Hogman, Davey. Oh, all right. Stand back, there's the Hogman coming through. <laughs> the Hogacane. <laughs> well, that's oh. that's all I've got for this show. That's the roll for this week. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> We can pad too. Yeah, we're good at that. See, that's nearly a normal time for a show. Like, uh, like a like a, a decent enough cheap wine. Uh, it if it was smooth enough, but it didn't leave the nicest of taste at the end. <laughs> no, mm. not quite. We're two weeks away from in your house too. Uh, as we said, a watch along. Uh, with us, we'll be coming in two weeks' time, but uh, we're back next week and we'll do it all again. Justin's having a little bit of time off next week, aren't you? So you have a nice little break. Yeah, a little vacation. I'm in the midst of working on season two of Behind the Match. I'm taking a little break from Caldaholic in general, a little vacay, and then come back recharge, and I'll do the rest of that. You've got to reset from wrestling stuff sometimes, haven't you? Yeah. You really oh, absolutely. Have. It's, it's especially just um, watching Dave, watching Dave on Twitter, just have at everyone who 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 who, who tries giving contradictory information or argues with them, and Dave just puts them in their place really quickly. So I'm at Dave Jitsu. <laughs> Dave, but sometimes Dave's too quick and he steps and he speaks too fast. Like uh, every Eurovision, it comes round where somebody will somebody will share the tweet where they said, "Hey, Dave, I'm at the Eurovision. I'll send you the results." And he's like, "Oh, that'd be great. Cheers." Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, Dave. It has its drawbacks. It does. It does. I hope Dave has some time off from it, though. Like, I hope Dave, like, blocks out, like, 6 p.m. till 8 p.m. to respond to trolls. And then he goes and has, like, some chicken nuggets or something. Just has a little break. I don't think, I don't think Dave sleeps, like, like laying down. I, I think he put, like, a blanket over his head, like a bird, and he just falls asleep. <laughs> He's got a little nest in his office. He doesn't sleep. He waits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the idea of a little blanket being put down for him <laughs> next to his desk. And he listens. What would Dave listen to as he was going to sleep? Enya. Um, <laughs> uh, a self-help the tape. Four <laughs> the Four Pillars theme songs. <laughs> Just on loop. <laughs> I think he listens to Mongolian throat singing as he goes to sleep. Or Chono's old song with the um, the hard driving guitar is like, oh, this is peaceful. <laughs> Time to get my 180 minutes of, of, of slumber for the news will come tomorrow. Instead of Good Night Moon, it's Good Night June about Junakiyama. <laughs> as he looks up. Good night, Masawa. <laughs> Good night, Kobashi. <laughs> How was your sleep, Dave? It was three stars. <laughs> it was um. Well, I slept, so I wasn't awake to see it. <laughs> oh, Dave! Oh, Dave! <laughs> <laughs> 
I said like three days straight. Okay, well, well okay, so it wasn't actually like three days straight, but, <laughs> it, it, but you know, it, it, um, it, it felt like it. Dave, what have you been doing for the th- what have you been doing for those last three days, Dave? Just saying this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I made the no, I made the comment on the podcast, and I, I stand by it, and I love Dave. But Dave talks like jazz happens. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of just sort of riffing, just trying to find a beat <laughs> that he can clean groove to. Mm, I love I love Dave too. God He's... love him. We just have our fun. We do. He's a national treasure and he should be protected at all costs. Absolutely. <laughs> and with that in mind, he is at JRH Writing on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together. We are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> Good night, June. Love you. Bye. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 